You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 395, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 395. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Mr. Josh Flanagan. Hey. And live from San Diego, Connor Kilpatrick. I'm going to need everyone to talk much quieter. Okay. <laughs> it, last night was the iFanboy party. Had kind of a night there. Yeah. Did everyone just, 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 just stay calm. You can tell that I'm not there by the, by the strong and, and, and uh, <laughs> you, voice you I still have. Yeah. <laughs> I, robust normally at this point Vital. uh there's a lot of this going on but uh nope i'm not upset about it at all i decided not to make the walk this year uh it's kicking <laughs> it home watching some murder she wrote at ifanboy.com we like comics and we read comics and every week we read a bunch of comics and then one of us picks the best book and writes about it on this here website then we talk about it on the podcast along with various other topics of interest before we get to the show, a quick reminder slash warning, this is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happen in this week's books. So if you're worried about that, deal with it. This week, Joshua had the pick. I did. Uh, and you know what? It was not a, it was not a tough call. Even yeah. though here I forgot to leave off the three. Uh, it was Deadpool number 13, uh, mm-hmm. the pick of the week. And this was the second sort of flashback issue. Uh, throwback we, issue. Yeah. Uh, throwback's probably a much better term, actually. Uh, number seven was the previous one where things just looked a little different. Um, there's been a regular sort of ongoing Deadpool. I can't believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm doing. I'm just sitting here talking like everything's normal. It's not normal. Like you're not praising a Deadpool book for a second second time. Not only that, but it's it's it's. I'm talking about Deadpool in a regular sense. Like we all know what's been going on with Deadpool, and this is honestly the first time in history I can say that. Was it the other throwback issue that you picked, or was it... No, first issue. It was the first issue. Okay, first issue. Right. Tony Moore, uh, Dead Presidents, Good Times yeah, yeah, All Around. Yeah, okay. so the other uh, flashback issue was good. I don't think I had the pick that week. I don't think it was picked. Whatever. Um, this one brings us back to New York, 1977. Uh, Jerry, D- Jerry Duggan and Brian Bosain, the co-writers, uh, normal co-writers, and then Scott Koblish came along as the artist on this one. There's nothing normal about that. No. And the whole uh, issue is done in... Not just 70s Marvel style, but uh, with the, the sort of uh, veneer over it of having been a, the comic had been around since the 70s. Uh, Except which, for the, the AR recap. <laughs> yeah, that does sort of stick out. I'll give you that. I yeah. think, I think out, just out of like aesthetic purposes, I was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't check. I've never done it, but either way. Um, there's the tone everywhere. The colors are coming out of the, the lines they're supposed to be in. It's just a little messy. It, was, it looks like it was printed a little worse. Uh, awkwardly, they probably spent a lot more time making this look bad yeah. <laughs> than they would have if they just printed it the same way they used to. Um, but Val Staples uh, as colorist and uh, Joe Sabino as letterer uh, both really stepped up uh, to make it look uh, really, really wonderful. And at the same time, uh, Koblish, I think, really outdid himself in terms of just the way that the pages look, The the not just the style of the drawing, but the layouts of the pages, the the sort of over-exaggerated poses, the 
there's a lot going on in these panels and it, it reminds me of, of comics from when I was a kid. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen Koblish do, uh, he was the guy on, on OMAC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've seen him do, uh, vintage styles before. Um, but I, I totally have a soft spot in my heart for this one. A while ago we made aphrodisiac, the book of the year. And I think that was sort of the, the progenitor on that. And we've seen uh, a couple of, this is definitely uh, owes something to aphrodisiac, I think. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like it was really funny. Like yeah. it was, it was their. This is their best script they've done so far, um, and not just comic book. Like it was, it was actually funny. Like they're they're finally hitting a stride where they're able to figure out what kind of jokes they're able to tell and what they want to tell, and it actually has that feeling of wow, they're getting away with something. There's a lot of uh, double entendre in this one because it's the late seventies, and you got Luke Cage. There's a whole like a, a racial undercurrent the bad guys called the white man so just every time they say it it means something <laughs> other than just what they're talking about um and then there's this, my favorite gag in it is that i i can't even say iron fist keeps powering up his fist and then getting blue balled it's, <laughs> it's it takes him too long to, yeah. to set it up and then he doesn't get to punch anything and then he's just sitting there yeah, come on <laughs> and it's it's just, it's such an obvious gag, but it is played to wonderful effect, and uh, it's a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, there's there's just a bunch of great segments here, and, and it's such a fun period to play around with and to be both reverent of, but also be able to make fun of it. Um, Deadpool apparently exists in all times. At one time, he knows sort of, he knows current things. He knows things from back then, but he basically... He has an afro. Yeah, but it's just part of his mask, so it doesn't count. Um, uh, I I really liked that that Luke Cage thought that he was black. He thought that that Deadpool was black, <laughs> and then uh, Iron Fist says he's he's not so much white. He he looks like a candle, which I thought was a really interesting <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a really wonderful sequence where uh, with some sex. There is, and it's one yeah. of those like, you know, the old joke films where you like you cut to a bunch of like vaguely suggestive. B-roll. It's like Austin Powers, yeah. um, with the fruit. In, yeah, you know, blocking key things, and but this was with, uh, it wasn't called Battleship, but well, that's what it was. It was Game of Battleship. I think, um, I think it's like a, a Python sketch or something, where like they cut to like a train like going into a tunnel and it's black yeah. and white and there's a bunch of things like that. Um, but uh, Jerry Duggan on Twitter showed me, told me what the original script was for this page, and it was this was all added by Koblish. Like it was, you know, the, the, most of it wasn't there. So all these jokes is they, they cut to a phone off the hook and a rose and a, a beaver, uh, <laughs> a ball going into the ninth hole, a peg falling out of the, of the, of the battleship board, Kama Sutra, like it's a, a rocket, of course, going off, yeah. like ton of fun. They just, every single page, every single panel, they're, they're putting a lot into it and they're having fun and, and they really hit a stride. And there was honestly nothing else that that was even close uh, to being pick of the week this week. So uh, it was a really fun issue. What is the story that that's being told through the flashbacks? Like, what is it that's happening? I don't know. Well, it, well, in the in the seventh one, uh, it told seventh issue. It told the story of the demon, I think, who became the part of the second big arc. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and in this one. Uh, the white man, it's it's a uh, see every time it's the white even, man. He's basically like in like an albino yeah. pimp. Uh, uh, it's even funny when mustache. you say it out loud, but th- it's a device to get him into the present, basically. Mm-hmm. So the he's, white he's turned to stone by yeah. his his pimp cane that he got from the Mandarin. 
Yeah. Um, and then he's he's left uh, made of stone for for decades, and we see like what's on television throughout all the generations. And then some some guys try to steal the statue or, or knock it over, and he gets on he gets unfrozen and is now in the modern day. And he's so that's lawyer. Gonna, yeah, that's going to be a modern concern. The white man. He might be a lawyer, but you know we cut to Luke Cage, and so there may be another a current day team up. Um, that was a Phil Hartman joke. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Hartman was a comedian. Yes. Uh, in the 90s. <laughs> well, um, sounds good. So what's cool too, I guess, is that if you're into the continuity, like it actually literally fits into everything too, in in whatever strange way. Like all these are, it's not just a, a dalliance, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could totally go read this issue, and I would recommend it. Uh, if if what we're talking about sounds like fun, uh, you could go read this issue. You don't have to read anything else if you don't want to. But you know, overall, here here's a sentence that I'm uncomfortable saying. Deadpool's been pretty good. <laughs> I don't even know what a Hoboken seesaw is. I don't, I don't either. That's one of my favorite jokes. Uh, so Conan the Barbarian, number 19. Yeah, you may remember uh, no. that we talked before, and, and it, they were, it was a three-issue dream sequence. Yeah. Well, this was the third issue of it, and I, I must say, yeah, I know. Did you, did you stop reading? I did. Oh, wow. I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with it. This was basically this was a little more straightforward. It wasn't um it wasn't like dreamscapey. It was uh you know, so everything sort of acted like it was the real life, but it was a vision of what Conan's I guess subconscious wants his life to end up as. Uh so like he ends up on an island uh somewhere in the middle of nowhere some beautiful island with fruit and everything the pitch is funnier than i'm sure it is sure he's with billy and they you know they have two kids and they just stay there and nobody comes and bothers them and he grows old and dies end of story so it's over no because it's what he actually wanted and then he wakes up in the in the whatever the hash band den they're in and um and and she's like, so what was your what were you dreaming about? And he's like, eh, don't worry about it, no big deal. Let's, let's go kill some people. It was like when when Picard learned uh, to play the flute in his uh, alternate life, and he grew the weird hair. But then he came <laughs> back, and it was just the Enterprise. It, 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 let, let's be let's be fair. Anytime that Patrick Stewart has any kind of hair on, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. So that's not. So uh, is this the end of it? This, this arc is only out that's again. It's the end of the arc. Uh, you, no, it's like a character exploration. So you kind of know what's going on. I don't think in his mind because I don't think he's necessarily conscious of it, but you kind of know it. And and while I thought that the story was interesting, it was cool. Like that, I don't know that I, I I like that. I don't know that I want Conan to have an inner like a, a desire for a peaceful no, inner life. You know what? The next Conan. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna we're actually we're actually gonna be talking about this later, and when one of the audience questions. But I kind of agree with you. I don't I, I don't I don't want to know that much about Conan's uh, interior life. Um, I mean, I, to be to be fair, really, a lot of this has been about that because the thing is, you know, the the arc is very fatherly. You know, it's about Bailey may or may not be pregnant. Do we know that she's pregnant? She is, or she lost the baby, and they're dealing with it like he. I don't know, but I, great time to be hanging out in an opium den. The only way, <laughs> the only way to really like, there's going to have to be a lot of bloodshed to sort of clear all this touchy feely Conan stuff away because. This isn't necessarily why I will read Conan. But that being said, you know, it's interesting. It's well done. 
I'm not angry at it. I just it sits oddly with me. Yeah, I just I, I just want to say I don't I, like it's it's not like I need Conan to be just like a a, a mindless reaver all the time. Um, he's not. No, he's not the Punisher. But look, yeah. there are things you read Conan for. Conan drives his enemies before him. That's what he does. Yeah. Don't was, cry about it. There was definitely lamentation. I watch I it for the audio commentary. His lamentations. Yeah, yeah. When the women. I, well, she had some some lament, I believe. Not his enemies, though. What well, is, that's the line, though. Right. The limitation of it's of the enemy's women. So I guess Belit isn't that. Right. But she could be. Well, I'm just I'm, I'm hopefully he 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 chops somebody up in the next issue. It's almost they kind of have to. It was an interesting experiment. I don't know. I don't. He know. has a quota to fill. He's got to. He's got to. It'll just be one long issue, like the last act. Last act. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, I don't know. What but Connor's Connor. Listen, he's he's doing his he's doing his level best. So I'm sleepy. He's he's also like he's barely holding his head up. Apparently, I'm waiting for a book to come along that I read. Here we go. Ultimate Spider-Man 25. Here's one. <laughs> so what'd you think? I like it. <laughs> yeah. It was. You know, we had Miles struggling with his superhero identity, whether or not he wanted to be one anymore after the death of his mother. And uh, well, they didn't drag it out too long. They had just the just, just right amount of time for him to to worry about it while other things were happening in the background, and now he's, he's back in the suit. I agree. I think that it's it was it was the right amount of time. Like, we came back a year later, and I think it lasted, what, three issues? Yeah, about that. And mm-hmm. I, I there's a couple – the reason that uh, I wanted to bring this up is because – I just think Bendis is really good at this kind of thing. And because he's created characters who are interesting, like we can sit here and read this for a long time and it, it, it kind of doesn't get bored. I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before, but his buddy Genki like isn't fat and goofy anymore. No, they kind of, he's, he's trimmed down a bit. Yeah. He's is, older. Right? So also miles are sort of taller and more muscular. Well, they're, they're only a year older, I think, but the difference between 13 and 14 can be, Fairly right, so he's Genki's a little bit like uh, I want to say handsome here, but he's, he's yeah. a little thinner. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Jessica Drew shows up. This Jessica Drew, as opposed to the Spider other one, uh, the clone, and there's a really a sort of nice exploration of who she is and what she's doing. And I just liked this. Uh, I the second to last page I thought was really well done, and it was actually quite affecting to me. I, it was yeah. a nice uh, bit of uh, comic book melodrama. Um, and, and, and really he has placed by that last thing that, that the mother said, you know, he really placed the hero in this untenable position, this rock in a hard place and and all the forces are going against each other and he's just trying to do the right thing. And that's, it's very Spider-Man without being a retread. And I think that's what I liked about it. Yeah, he does. He does find the spirit of Spider-Man in Miles without just repeating the power responsibility thing. And, And that's impressive. I mean, that's, that's tough to do. Yeah, um, you know, he's I, I, dialed into this character of Spider-Man, whoever it is, Peter Parker, Miles Morales. Spider-Man is this essential element mm-hmm. that is in both of them, and he's really dialed into what that means. Even just Drew a bit. Yeah, I continue to to enjoy the, the you know the 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 remaining you know friends of of Peter Parker and their relationship with with Aunt May. So Gwen Stacy is just sleeping on her couch when Aunt May gets in, and it's it's kind of like I don't know. It's like the Huxtables. Like these kids will never go away. They just never leave me alone. Because you know back in back in the day when when Peter was still swinging around that that house that that place was the hub for 
all of the the teen superheroes and Aunt May was sort of like the den mother to all of them and I like that that continues to be a thing that doesn't just go away when Peter dies so um, and the house is for sale though <laughs> first well, panel first page yeah yep didn't notice that but that that group is still important no I agree and it's neat it's good stuff and the art too we should mention Dave Marquez yeah uh, continues to be wonderful in this book. Yeah, and I want to get better. Just keeps, you know, like every every issue he does, I find something to be impressed with. So, okay, I actually want to leapfrog in the script and go to to Nova number six first because uh, it sort of ties in with um, the Ultimate Spider-Man conversation. Uh, this is the first Zeb Wells issue um, coming up from uh, from Jeff Loeb's uh, uh, swift departure from from the series that we've we've grown to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, uh, I think this, I think this stuck the landing. Um, well, I think he's really good, Zeb Wells. Yeah, it's it's still strong. It's not, you know, um, you know. Obviously, there isn't the history that's in Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, it's 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 not nearly. We don't nearly have that experience with the characters yet. Um, but I think, given time and proper attention, we could get there. Um, but I really like the relationship. Um, between this this kid Nova and uh, and his mom, and he's got a little sister, and it's not quite the Peter Parker Aunt May relationship because she's she's not as old as as Aunt May, and so it's 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 a little bit different. And the fact that Dad is is missing, um, and that he's sort of the the man of the house is is kind of interesting. Although I think he has the same girlfriend as Miles Morales. Um, it's, it's still a girl with, uh, with pink hair and, and piercings. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Well, one day she's at school and the next day she's home and she's got a boyfriend home, boyfriend school. Yeah. So it's, uh, th- so that's, that's a little bit odd, but, um, but no, I, 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 I like the continuing adventures of this, this, this Nova kid and, um, kind of weird, you know, I, I miss the Abnet and Lanning era of Guardians of the Galaxy, but Nova and Star-Lord are kind of samey. Um, so I think it's okay to have a new Nova here. And a lot of people are raging at me for even suggesting that, but well, I mean, I kind of, we've always made the joke that Nova, the Nova Corps is just a rip off of the Atlantic Corps kind of is, but in the same way you can have Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner and Kai Gardner and, and John Stewart and whoever the new guy's name is, you can, you can have multiple Novas. There's a little core of them. Right? Yeah. So Richard, Richard Ryder can still come back and still be Nova. You know, so I think it's, it's cool. Yeah, that's, I so that, it, that's I true. This, so. I really did like that first arc. I kind of looked at it as a piece, like as a whole story. I thought about it though. I might still check it out because I do like that Wells a lot. But uh, I think I'm it's usually it doesn't. It doesn't skip a beat, you know. Yeah. Um, although it's you know it's I think it's a it's a bit of a, a breather after the the end of the the previous arc. So it's sort of, and at the end it's like a call to adventure. Now he's he's going to join the Avengers after asking his mom for per, per, permission to Please join the her. Avengers. Yeah. So uh, so that was sort of the you know the whole extent of of the issue. So so I guess next time it's actually going to be tying into Infinity. So that'll be the the next big conflict. I think so. We'll keep an eye on it. Now we've got a chance to. Get up on Grump Mountain. Talk about Batman sixty six number one. Me? Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't like this book. I didn't. I did not like it. Well, I mean, I you guess. don't. You don't like the original property. I have. Yeah, I have no affinity. No for affinity it. for it. And I've tried because I recognize that my here my prior stance on it was that's stupid. I don't know why people would like it. 
Whereas my current stance is I totally get why people would like it and I have no problem with it. I just don't like it. So yeah. there, there's that's an evolution of sorts. Yes, it is. You've mellowed. I think there's three interesting things about this this particular book. This is the paper issue of the three first two digital comics. And there's three things to talk about. One is the story, two is the delivery system, and three is the schedule. Because they basically put this paper issue out on the same day that the third the third chapter hit right. the digital source, which was sort of unheard of in their digital first comic. What does that say? I think they had they were trying to get it out for Comic Con because there's a big precedence for Batman sixty six for Comic Con. As we record this, there's been tons of toys on the floor. There's rumors of more announcements to come, but they haven't happened yet as we record. But clearly, this I mean, it's one of the bags. You know, it's one of the sponsored bag images. Yes. So clearly, this, this is a big push on this property. The the logo is all over the place. It's in the DC booth. All of the DC employees are wearing Batman sixty six t shirts in the booth. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what happens. They're going in on this hard, so they, I think they had to get out, which is just funny because I was reading the digital cut, I was waiting for the third chapter to come out, knowing this book was coming, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting. Um, I, it was fun because I read the first two chapters in digital format, the third one in paper, because I was traveling for con, and I didn't have my iPad with me, and uh, I really do enjoy the digital experience much more of, of the, the way that they add the, the artwork, and they add the, the letter box, the lettering, they add the dialogue. Yeah, I, I do like, as well. I like, like that much more than just reading it static on the paper page. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, our recommendation, I think, would be if, if you want to check this out, go with the digital. Um, it, it really actually does. It doesn't – it's not gimmicky, I don't think. I think it um, it actually really does um, augment the experience. And this is, this is that DC squared kind of thing where the – um, the word balloons pop in at, in the order in which you should read them, and the sound effects come in, and you'll even see a you know a batarang zip across the page. It's not animation. It's not motion comics. It's just the the rhythm at which um, the panel changes. And the thing is, I wouldn't want every comic like that. Exactly. But I think no. for this particular comic, with the subject matter and the campy sixty story, I think for this one particularly, it works. Yeah. Um, I don't want that for all DC comics, but I think just the way it, it sort of has you're right the rhythm of the show sort of is in the rhythm of the page, as is the you know the you know Batman punches the Riddler and, and Bam pops up on the screen. That's how the show did it. That's how Dad did it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I thought that particularly works for this book. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jonathan Case's stuff is is really really fantastic. The the layouts are so good, and it it's it's the right amount of likenesses for you know for the characters. Kind of bugs me, Alfred. And the kind of bugs you. Alfred the Commissioner, so I really like far off from the actors, but the rest of them are really good. Well, I, th- I think well, I think they work for the the world of, of the yeah, world. it's fine. I mean, it's, it's not a deal breaker, obviously, but it just it's just like he's so he's so on the target for the rest of them. It's just bizarre that Alfred and the Commissioner are so off. Listen, the important thing is Chief O'Hara lives. <laughs> Chief O'Hara is back, and he gets he gets to save the day at the end. And he's got his arm in a sling, and he's like, I don't know, he's 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 like Captain Haddock in this book. He's fantastic, and uh, he talks about the Irish rogue. Yeah, Jeff Parker's script on this really, really good. It's it's even better than his Adventures of Superman stuff, um, which is super strong. So super, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an adjective. Um, no, but it's uh, it's really, really, really good. Yeah, and I love, I love the color, and uh, looks even better in digital. So yeah, it's great. Um. So if you want to buy a tablet on which you can read this, <laughs> please do. 
head on over to ifanboy.com slash Amazon where we get a bit of the commission yeah so on let, it. let's say that you're a purchaser for a large company and you need to buy like a, like a large amount of tablets yeah it would be awesome to go through our link to do that yeah <laughs> we would appreciate that that's the way to do it uh, get a bunch of you know Kindle Fire HDs I guess I, I can't recommend that no <laughs> it's just it's a, okay you could buy iPads right you could buy iPads that's what I'm phone. saying that's there what you, you want go. to do do that yeah as opposed Doesn't to... Doesn't cost you a penny. takes a little bit out of Amazon's pocket. And ours helps us pay for separate costs. And staff and lights and overhead and hookers and blow. None of those things are cheap. Yeah, we've actually been having the, the hookers do the lighting and it's not working out. Yeah, they're good at it. <laughs> it. Turns out hookers are terrible at lighting. Side story. One guy I my staffers who was not me was offered cocaine last night at the party. Let's move on. Uh, what I like, what I like about that story, is uh-huh. that depending on who's listening, that's either a <gasps> or a uh, because <laughs> it's such a different. Like I don't, I wouldn't even know who would I talk. I don't know. Uh, but either way, there we go. I bet I know which one, and I bet he doesn't need it. <laughs> uh, so I go away to San Diego for one week. We start talking about old books in the show. Is that what's happening? Yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about The Death of Haggard West, which technically came out last week, but I'm sure a bunch of you like me didn't get it until later and are probably waiting for your shops to order some. I actually bought this directly from Amazon um, because I didn't know how else to get it. Uh, This is a Paul Pope book, and this is the precursor sort of to his Battling Boy story, which is coming out in the fall uh, from First Second Press. And sensibly, this is this is supposed to be this is the the final issue, even though it's sort of a one shot. It's it's the death of Haggard West, um, and issue number one hundred one of the Invincible Haggard West, and uh, it's some Paul Pope goodness. Um, and basically, the idea is there's there's some scary crow like bad guys who wait out on telephone wires uh, for kids who don't go inside uh, when the uh, the streetlights go on because that's when all good little boys and girls should go in and uh, they start attacking them and their, and their moms and stuff. And uh, it's, it's told in that very cool Paul Pope, like feral art kind of way. Um, and then Haggard West shows up and dies. And um, that's where Battling Boy comes in for his, uh, his new book that's coming out in the fall. So this is sort of the story of like if the Superman or the Batman more like it of that world that died and the new replacement kid superhero is coming in. And it's all told as if this is the 101st issue of something that has existed for 101 issues, even though this is the only one that exists. Um, but if you love Paul Pope, it's well worth getting. Uh, seek it out. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, we, don't, we don't tend to talk about Invincible so much anymore. Uh, I know that I don't kind of, I mean, Paul, you don't read it, right? No. Yeah, and 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 Connor reads it in trade, so uh, it was me and Ron on the issues, but now it's just me. And it really is one of those things that's at, at 104 issues, not unlike its sort of sister book, The Walking Dead, and you know what you're gonna get. Uh, and right. so it's usually very consistent and pretty good. Uh, some's gonna get a tooth punched out, you know. You know what you're in for. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's it's not good, and I think I like to bring it up every once in a while. Uh, this issue 104 was notable to me, and I was like, hey, look, a reason to talk about this is that – um, oh, I just blanked on his name. The 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 bad guy with the brain head who's – oh. Brainhead. 
Yeah, but I I knew it completely until I was about to start talking about it. But he's well, been the sort of villain uh, all along, and uh, Angstrom Levy, and right. uh, that that came to me without looking it up. Uh, he shows up and he's really got the Joker thing going, where he's thought of everything. He's got he's got um, Adam Eve trapped, and she's pregnant. And if she uses her powers, then it'll kill the baby, and so she can't do anything about it. And he sent Mark off into some other dimension where he finds another Mark, uh, <laughs> who is eating another Mark because there's no what? food. Yeah, there's a bunch of Invincibles there, and they've been there forever, so they. They've some of them have gone like they're all like alternate marks, so they've you know resorted to cannibalism. Or, so we finally got the Walking Dead Invincible crossover. Uh, in a, in a sense, not really a zombie, just crazy. Sure. Uh, so a bunch of them fight. Uh, but it took because because I think that that Kirkman is is pretty savvy. He thought, well, I, I have to I have to change this around in in some way, and uh, someone talks sense to Angstrom Levy, and basically he kind of repents. He's like, yeah, you're right. What am I doing? Uh, and then some other things happen that that also uh, make a twist, and it was it was interesting. It was cool, and it it had a, a twist. I don't, I'm sure it's not an ending, but uh, turn on one of the really really good bad guys that they have for this book. One of the good nemeses that they've had. I I always enjoy reading Invincible when it comes out of trade. It's always, it's always <laughs> it's a, a nice read. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thor: God of Thunder Ten is the uh, fourth of fifth issue, so the second to last chapter of the God Bomb. I assume the end of the story. I I can't imagine it continuing after this uh, next issue. But we're gonna uh, get into some dark elves stuff uh, for the next right. arc, I think. But it'll be the end of this um, god killer story, which has been just absolutely wonderful. Do we yeah. know? Do do we is uh, uh, Ribic staying on? No. The next arc, I think, is Garney. Yes, right? it's Ron Garney. Yeah. That's um, that's very different. The next major arc, anyway. Uh, hmm. I don't know if that's. Anyways. This book's great. Anyway, I quit. I wanted to I wanted to mention this uh, because it continues to be awesome. And Thor uses two Mjolnirs. He's got two hammers, and he's hammering away at the God Bomb, which is con- it's really cool conceptually. And I also like the bit where one of the Berserkers punches through the back of one of the gods, yeah. grabbing his heart, and then his hand of black evil energy turns into a crow and in the same sort of velocity carries that heart off to the god bomb to continue to power it and um just another great visual from isad ribic and uh i mean we all this is the same issue that had um old king thor crucified to a comet basically (laughs) um it's it's completely over the top and amazing if you look on the page that's facing the heart grabbing, um, there's yes. a great sketchy technique that he's been using. Yes, there is. Which, uh, where the, the art sort of evolves into sketches, uh, I guess, to show the velocity. And it's just wonderful. The techniques that Rubik's using are great. Um, I, I don't know anything about bomb disposal, but I have watched a lot of movies with it. I don't think hitting it with hammers is a good idea. Yeah, well, Thor's not, you know, he's not the smartest Avenger. Right. He's not Tony Stark, but he will hit things with a hammer when hammering needs to be done. But I believe it's the everything is a nail theorem. <laughs> well, and we he'll never learn because it was like a nail. it was old King Thor's suggestion. You're Thor, hit it with a hammer. It's, it's a listen. It's worked for him so far. You can't <laughs> you can't fault results. I also have a feeling it's going to work out in the end. Uh, 
the the, only, the thing I thought was good about this is that when we talked about this the last time it was pick of the week, I think it was the last issue. Uh, yeah. We were talking about how Gore came off as, you know, well, he's not, you know, maybe he's not all that bad. In this one, he kills his wife. So he is bad. For calling him a god. <laughs> yeah. Would you call me? It was his Marty McFly moment. Or it was his opposite Ghostbusters moment to bring it back to last week. Yeah, that's true. You know, so when that's a fear of God, you say you say no. Well, he had a whole. He was bringing a whole other thing to that conversation. So, hundred bullets. Yeah. So the, historically, I started off with hundred bullets a long time ago. I liked it a lot. I got lost somewhere in the fifties, and I thought I'm I'm not enjoying this anymore. So I stopped reading it. And since then, people have told me, no, no, it's really good. So I thought, well, this is a standalone thing. I'll read this because Azarello and uh, uh, Eduardo Riso have come back to do a mini series. Uh, in in a movement at Vertigo, I like to call "Let's Go Back to the Well," uh, along with Sandman. Uh, <laughs> if they come out with another preacher series, so help me, I will stop reading comics. <laughs> I, may, I make you that promise. I think that's totally reasonable. Yeah. You know, I, at one time Ron promised to drop all Marvel books that they renumbered on the Candy X Men. So there's a precedent for me not following my word if that happens. Yes. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, I was I, I. It's just I don't now. I'm like I'm reading it. I, I'm. I thought well, I'll probably know what's going on. If I don't know what's going on, I kind of do. I think it's related to what the other stuff was. So I can't say it's it's excellent standalone. But again, in the middle of this, Eduardo Riso draws some really beautiful stuff. But I don't know if it's him and Azarello or what. But there's a couple of places where I just completely have no idea what's going on. And it's a wonderful tone, and there's some great dialogue, and you know. He draws some sexy women. You've got to give him that. Right. But uh, it's the same thing that made me stop reading it the first time. So if you liked it the first time, you're probably like, this is great. It's more of the same. If you were lost like me, you're going to probably be more lost. So I'm going to give it another shot. I dropped off Spaceman before it finished too because I was like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what this is. I think you want to like him more than you do. I agree with you very much. Although – We'll talk about one moment in a minute. Let's get to that later. Okay. Let's Revival. Are either of you guys reading this? No. This is a great book. I'm going book. to catch up. I'm going this to is, catch this up. Is, this is the one that they're doing this wonderful, low-key, slow-burn horror book. I saw somebody say, if you like Walking Dead, you should read this. And I was like, yes! This is exactly that. Because it really is hard to find a, a, an, an, uh, a book that sort of fits in that mold. Well, it's not, you know, end of the world. It, it feels close to it. And uh, Tim Seeley and Mike Norton... Are, it's a it's a really wonderful book, I've got to say, and uh, I, I I very much recommend. It. I think the second trade just yes. came out. Yes, it did. Um, so if you've been thinking about it or you're not sure you're on the fence, like go check out that first trade and then the second one. It's it's a really wonderful story, uh, and I I fear that it's good in such a low key way that no one will read it. I'm sure you know it's still going, it's fine, but uh, very very recommend it. And this issue had this really cool Scotty Young cover. On the front, it, did. it was nice. Uh, really, in our best really of nice. covers. Yep. Um, our own Jeff Reed is actually sending me the first trade, so I'm going to read that and the second trade. Um, and it also loaded up on uh, Harvey nominations. Yes, it did. It did we'll... very well for itself. Batman right. Beyond Unlimited 18 is uh, our second digital first. Uh, as groceries get unpacked behind me, our second digital first comic. Um, this one is the collection of the Batman Beyond Universe books, and this was notable because uh, almost the entire thing is basically a Batgirl story in which a new Batgirl in the Beyond Universe pops up uh, and ends up saving Barbara Gordon's life, and they sort of have an intertwined adventure for, for most of the issue. It was really, really good. Mm. Um, so if you like uh, 
you know, if you, if you missed Batgirl, it wasn't certainly by Scott Peterson, but uh, it had a nice feel, but it's all like a spunky girl, uh, which I've been missing because I haven't written a very good book. So it was really, really good. And if you like the like, Beyond Universe or Batgirl or Barbara Gordon or whatever, it was really good. I didn't really, I haven't been loving the other metal men, uh, so I've been not sort of fat, but it was a very short part of the book. I mean, it was mostly the Batgirl story, so worth checking out. Cool. So that is all the books that we had to talk about this week. Uh, and now we like to uh, go through a little bit about what the iFanboy community had uh, had thought. So we're going to start off with the top five picks of the week. Um, some surprises in here. Uh, number five, uh, Dream Thief, number three, with 5.1%. These could change by the time you hear them. Um, Profit, number 37, at number four, with 6.7%. Good spread. Uh, Deadpool, number 13, my pick of the week, at 12%. Uh, Wonder Woman number 22 at 13.2%, and the plurality leader, uh, Thor God of Thunder number 10 at 35.1%. So it was a it was a good little week. I know it wasn't wasn't like what an amazing week, but uh, normally the week of San Diego, you're just deluged with comics like we got last week. Last basically everybody had the idea, well let's do it the week before, and then everybody did, so they just yeah. moved the week up one. You can make your votes by going to fm.com slash comics, making your pull list, rating and reviewing your books, and deciding your pick of the week, and that's how we get the numbers. There you go. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at a review for Wonder Woman number 22 by Wheelhands. Story, 4 out of 5. Art, 5 out of 5. Pick of the week percentage, as we said, 13.2%. From the cover to the last page, this was a superb issue, a proverbial wet dream for fans of the fourth world, and who knew it would happen in the pages of Wonder Woman? Uh, and similar to Azarello's Orion, the updated vision of New Genesis is inspired and original while simultaneously remaining true to the original. As soon as they walked through the boom tube, I wanted to go right back. Um, well, I would I would argue that they've been kind of teasing this for a long time in Wonder Woman. Um, so, I mean, I think if you're a fourth world fan, uh, you've been enjoying um, Earth 2. And then, and then this because of Orion's involvement, and I think it's been all leading up to this. And uh, I think it, it for the most part, uh, lived up to that. Um, I thought it was one of the best issues of the series. Yeah, yeah, really, definitely. Really good. I like, I like, I, I, I continue. To, I love the the relationship between uh, Wonder Woman and Orion, and I like the depiction of Orion as being. Um, like trying to compose himself, like it's sort of like this Beauty and the Beast thing. He's got this horrible inner, you know, demon, just like that sometimes makes its presence known physically. So he has that that ugly face, but then he can sort of keep that under wraps. And she calms uh, him. She puts her her hand on his shoulder, and he sort of you know calms down, and his face returns to normal. This is just mm -hmm. a metaphor for acne, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the, I thought High Father was very. Right. He's got a little bit dark side in him in this version. Yeah. Uh, and I like the fact that basically no matter what Orion did, he could not win. Which is that, like, you're wrong. There's only one great page where he's sort of sulking in the corner. Yeah. Behind that father, because there's nothing he's doing. He's working out. Until the very end when he's, his plan uh, is unveiled and it you know, works. I really this is a great issue. It's probably I also... Really Cool. Uh, and then High Father also um, calls him a dog at one point. Yeah. And and then I and uh, I also like that at the end of last issue we thought that what Lennox was was gone for good, and then they raised the hope that he might be out there somewhere. And then his decapitated head is is thrown, <laughs> <laughs> broken jawed to the ground by uh, the Firstborn. So uh, pulling no punches. And then Azarello returns as uh, as War. 
Yeah. Um, so kind of interesting book. That's clearly him. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, next up, Crayes two four seven wrote about Justice League of America's vibe. Number six gave a story of four out of five, and the already three out of five with a pick of the week percentage of two tenths of one percent. Pete Wood's art still remains constant and fluid. A hard quality to find in art these days. Sterling Gates takes the reader by surprise with an unexpected setup and a shocking cliffhanger that will leave you with more questions than answers. The end of this issue is something you do not want to miss. Um, I missed it. I, I, I missed it was all good. of them. This book continues to be surprisingly good. I don't know how it's going to last looking at the sales numbers, but not, not too much longer. But while it's here, I'm enjoying it. Uh, in this issue... Cisco or Vibe loses one brother in Gamebler, who we thought was dead, which is the big cliffhanger. He appears, uh, who apparently had been living in another dimension as one of Dark Knight's minions. Um, really, uh, really well done. Pete Woods is solid. You know, he's, he's a really solid comic artist, and uh, he knows that. You know, he's he knows he's doing. He's, he's one of those guys around forever. You know, and, you know uh, what you're gonna get with a Pete Woods. Yeah, yeah, he's good. It's good. It, I, I just find the the relationship between Vibe. And the uh, is it Argo? What is what is this? what is this government group? Whatever the group is, you know, with uh, Argo. Yeah, I find it, I find it very interesting. You know, they've got him. They've got him under under their boot, but he doesn't want to be there. He still fights them, uh, and uh, it's good. I really liked it. Cool. Um, so that is all of the user reviews for this week. Again, like they said, if you want to go to ifmo.com slash comics, uh, you can you can pull your comics, rate and review them there. If you get them in. Early enough, usually. Um, if you say say you're into writing reviews on Thursday, that might be a good move for you. Yeah, uh, we can we can pick them out and read them on the show. Uh, if they if we deem them thus worthy, try to review the things that we're not going to talk about for a long time, but also want to have on the show. And it's fine. <laughs> this, this try a lot to get of, into our heads and know. Get into our heads and know. Yes. So uh, let's move along to some audience questions. We've got uh, some questions today. Let's see how many we can fit in before. I assume there's be some sort of zombie parade uh, crawl that will will come sweep up, sweep up everything in its path. Listen, Connor included. If, if about twenty minutes into the show, I still got really hungry, and so <laughs> energy levels already low. I'm already I'm about to die. I know that you are closer right now to a Baja Fresh than. No, it's closed. It is. Yeah. Windows boarded up. Windows boarded up. I don't. I know. I, I'm. I'm. Josh is. Josh doesn't know what to do. He's. He's. It's, it's the bot. It's gone. Is there a trash can out front with a fire in it? No, I might do that anyway. Guys, it's okay. over. <laughs> Back it up. That's okay. Uh, we need to talk about this last night anyway on the podcasting panel, so we might as well just end it now. Okay, it's 95 degrees in, like, here, like, inside. So we need to... Listen, as bad as that is, there's no Baja Fresh near me, Paul. And I think really that's what we need to focus on. I walked up there every day last year for lunch. Yes. Wow. You walked. Josh doesn't walk anywhere. Yeah, no, I do. I like to walk. Josh doesn't get out of bed. But it's, but... It's, actually, it's actually pretty far from the convention center. Yeah. Uh, Alan, Alan from Piss Cat Away... New Jersey. Uh, I always enjoyed reading about the origins of superheroes and even villains to learn what made them into who they are, but most of the time I always found it more interesting when a comic character is more mysterious and found them more fun to read. Uh, Let's take Wolverine, for example. He was so much cooler to read when his past was hidden 
And when Marvel decided to reveal his entire background after the House of M, they took the fun out of him. Lately, with Thanos rising, his childhood was observed to explain why he has become the Mad Titan. But that, to me, was a story not even necessary to explain. I don't think comics should have to over-explain things. Look what happened to Darth Vader's uh, tragedy. Uh, not knowing can be more fun than knowing. What do you guys think? You're absolutely right, Alan, but the reasoning is very mundane and business Yeah. The they do, I mean, they, 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 we've talked to people at Marvel. The reason why they did Wolverine Origins, the reason why they did Thanos Rising is because the comic book side of things wants to be in control of the characters. So they don't, you know, Fox announces they're doing a Wolverine Origins movie, so they want they don't want Fox to, to, to define Wolverine's origin. Yeah. Uh, Jason Aaron actually responded to this question about Thanos rising, I think, on Twitter. And he said that this information, like all the, the milestone moments, were already out there. And he's just filling in the blanks. I, I kind of agree uh, with, with Alan from Piss Cat Away, New Jersey. Um, I like saying that. Uh, in that, I don't I don't want those blanks to be filled in necessarily. I was watching the Solomon Kane movie yesterday, which finally came to America after it's been out for like three years in Europe. Um, not saying that it's great and it was worth the wait, but um, they fill in a lot of the blanks for, for Solomon Kane, a Robert E. Howard character that it's the same thing as like we were talking with, with Conan, you know, in the dream stuff. Like I don't, I, I, I think it robs it a bit of the the mystery and romance of the character if well, we get too much of their interior life. It, there are characters who can be explored endlessly, uh, and then there there are ones who shouldn't. I think you know Batman seems to be an endless well of exploring him, seeing what's what's going on. Tony Soprano. Yeah. Um, but what what I always like is if if you think about when you set up like a really good sort of team or an ensemble, uh, and there's going to be a couple of characters who are up front, you know everything about. It, there's going to be that one character. They don't, you don't know anything about. They're just ambiguous and they're strange. You know, it's like the female in The Boys. You know, there was things like that. And there's, it's, there's always one of those. And Wolverine got to be that character for quite a long time. But, you know, the market takes over. It, you know, because, you know. They just get started to step in. That's just what happens. Yeah. You know, and that's just that's just the way it is. But, you know, it is fun to have a character who's completely, you know, Ambiguous mysterious. and mysterious, yeah. and and it's cool to do that. But you know, you can't always have. We totally agree. You know what I like? I like as a way of dealing with that. Uh, what they've done with the Joker, I think that's been one of the best ways that they can till they can still you know sell books and tell those stories. Yeah. But maybe he's just nuts, and that's not none of it's true. There's it's optional. I like, re- I remember watching the dark knight yeah, yeah. And, and he started to explain about his dad and i was like oh my god they're gonna do this here and then and then they got away from it but that same thing like he just keeps telling different stories to different people and i was like that's great it's perfect um so that's you know you can't do that with everybody but for that it's a, it's a really elegant solution yeah we're with you alan from piscataway um it's really hot there piscataway right now I, I guarantee it it's it's if it's hot in new hampshire it's hot in new jersey uh dave writes in and says Connor's pick of the week for the first chapter of DC's summer event, Trinity Wars in Justice League number 22, is one of my is one of many first issues of event comics that have been well received by both yourselves and the iFan base. First issues have always been always have the promise of a good story and get readers invested in the event. My question is, what event comics had final issues that lived up to this standard? What events nailed the landing? 
and whenever we talk about this, there's always the inevitable. Well, what's define an event? But we'll we'll try to keep it keep that cool. Uh, it's a tough question. I really struggled to think of something. I think for the vast majority of readers, um, I feel like people were really happy with Blackest Night all the way yeah. through. Blackest Night, I would say Infinite Crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you go all the way back to Crisis on Infinite Earths, but I guess that's out of our range. Um, what was the Siege? Um, Siege. That was the that was the one uh, I was going to say. That was a really good one from. Lots of people like Civil War. We didn't so much, but lots of people did all the way through. Mm-hmm. Stupid Cap and MySpace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I can't believe I still remember. Um, no. It's it's. It's the exception rather than the rule, but it does happen enough that it's not completely strange. No, it's not completely out of the rule. That'll happen. No. Uh, not fear itself. I I just I think that the way that we we daily do... Avengers. Yeah. Well. Uh, event. <laughs> Image to... United has the potential. <laughs> <laughs> it lives on in our hearts, Paul. It's in in your mind, in your hearts. Yeah. yeah. I always, I always want to say fifty two, but it's different. Oh, yeah. But you know, it yeah, is, like, yeah, that it, wasn't really. It's a, but it was a, well, if you want to call it an event, say that it took place in the other books or whatever. So but, different storytelling wise in the other ones. Yeah, but I mean, it, but given given what it was, fifty two weekly issues by four different writers, it's amazing that that turned out as well as it did. Isn't it? That's uh, it, no, it, it totally is, and and it's such to the extent that like, Jeff Johns came out of that thing raging. Yeah. Mark Wade was Mark Wade and Greg Rucker were knocked out of commission for two years. They were broken. Yeah. And then and then, you know, Grant Morrison was Grant Morrison and it was fine. Like it was really you know, and then but then they they all came back stronger from that. Uh yeah. I, I'm still amazed that that happened. I don't even I can't I can't see how that would happen. I mean they tried to repeat it a bunch of times and it never even came close. Like like the events themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um you know, it it can happen, but I think those are the those are the most recent sieges. Are, I, I like I there must be a better Marvel one than that, but that's the one that you know. That's I think one. most people would point to Civil War. We wouldn't, but most people would. I don't even remember how it ended. I Ask. just remember he he didn't know anything about Americans, so he he surrendered. Yeah, that's dumb. Didn't know MySpace and NASCAR. When this started, my underwear was light blue. <laughs> I don't want you to finish that sentence. Okay, no, not even I do. I want to that blue. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, uh, Paul, you want to read the next one? Sure. Callum from the Isle of Man. Mm. Are there any regular letter columns from past or present that you particularly enjoyed, and do you wish that they were sometimes included in trade collections? Other than Next Wave's fictitious column, I always enjoy the Walking Dead and Thor God of Thunders columns and find that they add quite a lot to the monthly experience. This is a, a Connor. You you like? Do you still read all the letter columns? No. No. I haven't in years. Yeah, I, I can't say I do so much either. I think that I mean, in general, the the internet interaction is kind of taken over for that. Yeah. That being said, back, they haven't brought back in a big way though, especially Marvel. Definitely, and I but think I still read them. And you'll I don't read them either, and I'll see the and that you know part of that is just there's a lot of comic books, so like I gotta get to the next one, which is which is which is a problem. It's a modern age problem that I that I can I'm part of. I do I do kind of you know look at them, and I think that one of the things Marvel does in some of the books is have the characters answer the questions, which is like it's a fun exercise. But I wonder if the writers get paid for those extra pages. But uh, 
I just don't read them. I like the idea of them, but they feel like antiquated is not even the word. They just feel like they shouldn't be there anymore. In the past, it was the only interaction you had. Yeah. So they're really interesting. I read them all when I was, you know, as a kid, but. I like it a lot you know. better when the when the writer of the book is the person doing it as opposed to um, as an opposed editor? to the editor. I think yeah. on Summer Remender's books, I think it was Cap. Like Rick is the one who answers them, and it's more interesting. If you look at the Walking Dead one, is one that I actually I always uh, glance through the Walking Dead one because yeah. they're they're funny. I I remember historically the Powers letter column was was always interesting, That's but it, it got real long. <laughs> Uh, kind of always it's in was. Scarlet now, but which now, is still a thing. I, I don't have the patience to. <laughs> Scarlet is still a thing. I think the seventh yeah. issue came out this week. It did. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily have the patience to listen to to read the fan concerns about it because that's kind yeah. of feel like that's all we read all the time. Yeah. I think. Uh, but the but the re- the reactions and the responses are sometimes interesting. I'll read the stuff that like Joe Casey will write an essay in the back of his books. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Greg Rucka. I always read the yeah, and, and of course yeah, and Lazarus. Than, than oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that's I prefer that. I prefer to hear right. from the writer than you know. Um, I also I, I always look at Jason Aaron's picture with the helm. <laughs> I just look to look at it, um, and then I go to the next thing. In that one. Yeah. I guess I don't always look at it. <laughs> I read it digitally this time, so I didn't look at it. Was it in there? You can email us at contact.ifanboy.com with your questions. You can also call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Hopefully, you understood all of that. They did. They took, they took him out of it in this one. Yeah. It's, a, it's a blue, fuzzy-headed godling thing. <laughs> Why would you take out that picture? Yeah, I, I mean, like I would that. understand if it's that weird picture Bendis from the Architects thing, but it's not. <laughs> that should be destroyed. Well, at least that's what I would say. Um, so I got I got good news. Oh boy! Uh, this week coming up, there will be episode number fifty of the Make Comics podcast. It's it's uh it's in the bag. It's been recorded. It will go up. Me and Andy Schmidt are talking about. Uh, here I'll even I'll even tease what it's about. Uh, say that you say that you make it. You get past that first stage. You get hired. You become a comics professional. You get something published. What will you do then? Because your your journey ain't over. No, no, the riches don't follow. It's it turns out there's still more to do. Oh. It turns out that if you've ever say you've been on a hike or climbing on a bicycle and you see a crest in front of you and you're like, if I can just make that ridge, everything will be okay. And you get up to that ridge and then you turn. And and it turns out that what's in front of you is a lot longer than what's behind you. Josh, bike uh, metaphors make me uncomfortable. I said hiking. Then again oh. with you. All right, look at it this way. Imagine you're going down an avenue block, right? <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which, which avenue? What uh, you know, Stimulard? you're way up there like on the east side, you know, I where see. it just sort of disappears into nowhere. Yes. Ugh. All right. Well, that's exciting. That is good news. Yeah. You're over there by Bellevue. It's not, you don't, it's... That's on the side, We got some special edition podcasts coming up. Uh, theoretically, we're going to get some people together and talk about the, the Wolverine, uh, if I can find anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to do that. And then, uh, of course, the the Animation Brain Trust, or some of us, are going to be together for the, uh, for the Flashpoint Paradox. Flashpoint Paradox. That's, uh, that's the end of this month. Yeah. And uh, we'll have some... I, I, get, I think in August we'll have some book explodes for you. Uh, yeah. This thing's coming. Yeah. I've still got to finish reading Birthright. 
so that I can then uh, listen to that. I'm on also like, in August will be our 400th episode, which we're going to celebrate by doing an email show. Uh, so you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com, subject line 400 for inclusion in that show. We'll try to get everyone in. We'll try to get as many as we can. You know, not everyone will make it because we get a lot of emails, but uh, so make your questions good, make them wacky, make them fun. We'll do an actual show, we'll probably do it live over the internet, and uh, we'll have a good time. So episode 400 comes at the end of August. Get your, you've got a month to get your questions in. Ooh. And really, I think this week's show is a testament to the idea that you two are slowly being baked to death, <laughs> and. Yeah. I'm just barely holding it together. It's also like, it's also a testament to uh, how good our internet connections normally are. <laughs> There's a thing with heat. And when, really, really slow hotel connection here is not doing it. Not doing it I'm just I'm just saying I you know normally we really take pains to make sure that it sounds good, but at a certain point, uh, what are you gonna do? So this thing with heat is that after a while you start smelling bad, but then <laughs> if you wait a little longer, you start smelling delicious. <laughs> Well, I, I hate That's the it. roasting process. That's the roasting process. This, but uh, I'm mere moments away from jumping in a pool. You're a golden god? I just feel like I'm going to be cool drugs. in the water. <laughs> and, uh, Connor was the person he was talking about, Baja and he said yes to the cocaine. <laughs> it says San Diego in the script. What is that? I just thought if there's anything. Connor is in San Diego. He's there. Is there anything we need to know? Any any updates from the? Are you have you How gone? How would he know he's there? You I know. Um, I've gone to San Diego. I've been there. I've seen it. It is real. Um, there's no Baja Fresh though. What? That's really a big takeaway from the weekend. So yeah, far. you know, I gotta tell you that changes everything for me. Because oh, for you, you try you try walking up there and seeing it pour it up. Then what do you do? That's like that. We don't French place on the block. That that's like that old deep thoughts cart. That deep thoughts cartoon. Right. About not or not cartoon, but the joke about sometimes I like to pack the kids into the car and say, "Come on, we're going to Disneyland," and then I drive to an old abandoned warehouse on the outside of town and said, "Oh no, Disneyland burned down." <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's, kinda it's exactly like that. Yeah. Stop licking that. Paul <laughs> <laughs> Daniels licking the lawn gnome again. Stop it. You'll get All splinters. Right. Next week we return to normal. Well. Yeah. In the meantime, what can uh, they do, Paul? Would you stop? Okay. <laughs> uh, check out ifanboy.com for the Pick of the Week review and more in-depth comic book balls. That's what it says. And all the important news and discussion topics, go to ifanboy.com slash about to see the staff of ifanboy and their social network links. Follow us on twitter.com slash ifanboy and stay in touch on facebook.com slash ifanboy. That sound you heard was me turning the air conditioner on. I, I can't take this shit. Uh, you can email us at contact that I and everyone's at home is going. I don't hear anything, and I could have had it on the whole time. Exactly. Uh, you can email us at contact that I fanboy. Uh, like you said, if you want to send in an email for do the um, what what, what do we what do we title it? Podcast episode or episode four hundred question? Episode four hundred. Just subject line four hundred. Okay, so there you go. Four hundred. Try to try to keep that and send it to the contact. Don't you're yeah. not more likely to get it if you send it to us individually. In fact, if we're gonna be honest. It doesn't. Help, it does not help your chances. It just makes us cranky. Uh, we're old. We've been doing this a long time. Leave a voicemail at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. We will get back to voicemails next week. What with the uh, technological constraints, we decided to keep it simple this time. Uh, with any questions, any stuff you've got going on, 
uh, we always do like to hear from you because you always lead to some really interesting conversations. So thanks. I've only been doing this since April, and I'm getting to the point where I'm like Judd Hirsch in the pilot of Studio 60. <laughs> I really also, want also Judd Hirsch in, uh, in, in Independence Day. Yeah. Works Just there. Judd, Judd Hirsch in Independence Day? Yeah, he's a dad. Yeah. I've only seen Independence Day once. Dead. Of course. Like, like Gabriel Hartman, I've only seen Independence Day once in yeah. 1996. And that was yeah. enough. I bet it. it's, you know, it's fine. All right. You can write a night review on iTunes or whatever. I don't really care at this point. <laughs> Listen, I gotta review pull, this one. I, gotta pull I just want to fucking read. I can't have one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not only, that, the not only that, but when you tried to say burrito, you cut out. So I, know. I just want to. I'm here with Gordon, the intern. He's going to get, he's going to cry if I don't get a burrito too. Rent a car. It's worth it. Did you, get a burrito? Did you go to Hodad's? No, not yet. You can know it any time, and you know it. That's true. There's one downtown. I can walk to it. I know. I'm I can't talk about this anymore. I'm Paul. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Back to normal next week. I wish I could get the message over to you now. <laughs>